Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. the people of God who quit living our lives based on a virus. Amen. Completely, absolutely. Don't let it get in your thinking. Just let's walk in compassion and love. Amen. And let's just trust in this powerful God. Amen. He's a powerful God. We have got to turn this thing around. Amen. And we've got to begin to live our lives. Amen. Not that we haven't here, but I just want to encourage everybody in that. Guys, just put it on my heart. Go out and shine. People, if you read what's going to happen in the last days, this is just such a teeny tiny test that the church is failing. Amen? I mean, we're supposed to get so much power and strength. Now, I will say, praise God, we believed this whole year that sickness of the kind everybody's afraid of could not come through these doors. And it hasn't. There's been people who've gotten it outside these doors. But even when they've come through these doors, it didn't come in. Isn't that awesome? Amen? And so God is really dealing with our hearts. We are going to become a people of so much faith. Amen. We're going to be really teaching and training you how to walk in that faith and how to take that faith everywhere you go. Amen. It's time to begin to be the doers of this thing. Not just a few of us, but all of us. Amen. And God's going to raise it up, us up to do that. When I was talking to the Lord, um, he came and hung out with me. He's so awesome. Gosh, I love him. I just got to say, I love him more than anything else. There's nothing comparing. Amen. But when you love him, he will cause you to really, really love, not just see how it works out, but really love your family. Amen. Really love your spouse. Really love your children. Really, really love your family. And so if you're having issues with loving your family, you're having issues with God, just so you know. Your real issues with the Lord Jesus. Your real issues with him. Because when he gets a hold of you, he softens your heart. When he gets a hold of you, he changes everything. And he gets you out of uh, selfish ambition and out of thinking about self and self-absorbed. And he begins to cause you to connect with, with people. This whole thing that's going on at the hand of the enemy right now is to cause people to not want to look at people, to not want to associate with people. It's, it's, a, it's really um, coming against people's minds and, and it's a control kind of thing to cause people to walk away and not be around people, not be around family, not be in church. And people, enough is enough. Amen? Enough is enough. It is time to realize that relationships with people are more important than anything else. Relationship with God will always re re cause you to have relationships with people. If it doesn't, something's wrong with your relationship with God. Amen. If your relationship with God is not causing you to let go of everything and start caring more about people, then something is wrong with your relationship with God. Go talk to him about it. Maybe you have more religion than relationship. Amen. Relationship is real. Amen. Relationship is he walks with you. He talks with you. How do you talk to God? You open your Bible. 
I personally encourage you to get something besides a King James because we don't speak like that any longer. Amen. But the literal is good. There's one now called, um, and it's, I don't even know what it's called. I just know the, the, the TLV. It's, I know it's a Jewish translation, but it's pretty clear. It's pretty simple and it understands um, where Jesus was coming from by his culture and, and being uh, brought up in Israel. And so that's a really good one too. Um, the passion transition is really good. Changes things a little here and there, but it's all about the love of God, the love of God. So when you read like, you know, four or five or six different ones and you can get the whole picture. But the literal really tells you what he said, the, the clearest. And it, it is a King, it's actually King James 3 is what they call it. It's King James 3. Um, anyway, so the Lord put on my heart. He said, go read 1 John. So I was reading 1 John 1 and it's awesome. And then he said, and I read 1 John 2 before I went to sleep last night. The presence of God was all over me. He goes, I want you to preach this. I don't want you to, don't, don't preach the typical, which is an awesome, powerful, yay, hurrah, uh, Resurrection Sunday sermon. Amen. But preach about my love. He said, because that is where the church has to go. Amen. We have to, they'll know us by our love for one another. How many know right now, most people do not recognize the church as having anything real with, with God. Amen. Because, and the reason is because we don't show the love of God. Amen. We don't show the love of God. So um, I'm just going to read this and he'll preach it to you. Okay. First John two, my children, I want you to realize this, when this is my children, this is God writing to us. Amen. And in this particular book, he writes to people at every different level of maturity. My children, I'm writing these things to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, you have an intercessor with the father, the righteous Messiah, Yeshua, or Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing that this Jesus who went through so much pain and torment and torture, do you understand Jesus just be, God just being in a body and stuck on planet earth without, without his own power. He had the power of the Holy Spirit, but He's, all, he's God. He's always walked in power without needing <laughs> to follow his father necessarily or the spirit. He was one with God. He had that kind of power. And here he is completely dependent on the father and what the father's telling him to do. And they completely dependent on the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that's how we're supposed to live as born again believers. As born again believers, Jesus really demonstrated what we could look like and live like because of Holy Spirit in us and Christ's interceding and praying and I want you to understand what Jesus is doing right now until he returns he is praying for you he knows everything's going on in your life he knows why he knows everything he's not judging you he's not condemning you he died for you but in his love he is really interceding and praying that you'll be able to get free from what the enemy's done you'll be able to get past what culture is saying you'll be able he's interceding I want you to get that he is literally taking all his time and sitting at the right hand of the Father as the Lord of Lords. Amen. The Lord over mankind. And he's praying for you. He doesn't, you know, you think, well, he doesn't see me because, you know, I haven't been. No, he sees you. He prays for you. He prays that you'll come out of the subject. He prays that you'll get healing. He'll pray that you'll understand how good he is. Amen. He is a good, good God. He's so amazing. If you would just take that leap of faith, those who haven't, and give everything and walk with him, he will be your best friend. And it's not just cute words. For those who know him, it's like, hey, my best friend is God. 
Why aren't you afraid of things? I'm not afraid of things because my best friend is God. The one closest to me and always with me is God. Well, that may make you look a little strange. I don't really care about that. I really don't care about that. I don't want to put my, um, what is this? I don't put your, uh, anyway, don't be so spiritual that you turn everybody off. And especially get rid of fake spirituality, amen? But be so real that when you have to raise the dead, you can raise the dead. Amen? Be, be, be so okay, however God wants to do something, that you can do it whenever he wants to do it. Like that man who was dead at the beach, God had told me that morning at Nag, said this was a few years ago at a retreat. He said, before you leave today, you're going to raise this man from the dead. And I'm like, what? And Lord said, somebody's going to drown. I'm like, so all day long, I'm like, oh, I hope that wasn't really you, God. And I'm looking, Lord. So we're all packed up. I said, Lord, I must have just, I don't know. I must have imagined that. And then I was getting ready to go. For, I said, well, I'm going to walk the beach one more time. I'm walking the beach and I see this, all the lifeguards and there's this little boy Oh, I, I don't know. I guess they resuscitated him and just left him laying there. I don't know. But his granddad, who had jumped in to save him, was blue, dead, just dead, gone dead. And the lifeguards are trying. They're finally like, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. And, and I walked up, and I heard all the commotion going on. I remember if Edie was there. Some, some of you guys were there. And, um, and all of a sudden, the Lord said, that's him. That's him. Now, they wouldn't let you near him. But God says, you don't have to be near and pray for him. You guys, I prayed like a maniac. The Lord told me, pray as if it was your child. That's what the Lord told me. If God wants me to really pray, he says, pray as if it was your child. Can I tell you all something? You are his child. He's interceding at the right hand of the Father, and he's praying as if you are his child. Anyone who has a child in here, all of a sudden that's like, wow. That's some intense prayer. How many know you pray for your kids to... To succeed, you pray for your kids to have happy lives. You pray for your kids good things. Something's wrong with you if you pray evil on your kids. Amen? Come Tuesday, we'll cast it out of you. Amen? But, but only those who really have kids really, really get this. There is so much love for your kids. You would do anything for them. I proved it even this weekend. I went to Costco to get something on a Friday that one of my children wanted. Well, I wouldn't go to Costco on a Friday before Easter for anything. I'm like, well, I don't think I'm going to make it. And I'm like, I can't say no. He's ever interceding for us. He's not mad at us. He's not hating us. He's praying you'll get healed. He's praying your heart will be softened. He's praying you'll turn to him. He's praying you'll know how good he is. Any other picture of God came from religion and it's not real. And you need to delete it. Amen. He does not do evil. He never does evil. He just rescues us from evil. He's the atonement for our sins, not only for our sins, but the whole world. Now we know that we have come to know him by this. We keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. That word know there is a fellowship, really know him. It's not a religious brain understanding of him. God says, when you know me, you're going to do things my way because you're going to want to. Just like 
uh, the worship team was so awesome and the presence of God came so strong. You're going to want to be holy because he's holy. It's not like I got to be holy. It's like it's like everything in you wants to be who he wants you to be because you know that's who you really are and you know it's going to help people see him and get salvation and find freedom. Amen. It's such a real deal. The one who says I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So if you've ever been turned off by somebody who talks it but doesn't live it, just know this. God says the truth isn't in them. They're a liar. Not that you need to tell them that. But you can start praying for them. How many of us, we need to make sure we get all the liar and truth not in us called hypocrisy out. Amen. It's, it's probably in more seats this morning in the church than people who know God. It's what's turned the world off. And how many know, as we've been growing in God, we've had to let go of some of these things, amen? Because we, we come in imperfect with a lot of mess in us, a lot of wanting to control everything, a lot of religion, and God has to. But if you know him and you fellowship with him, he takes it away. He takes it away. He takes it away. You're not who you were. If you're still who you were when you started this journey, then you, you, you haven't moved very far in the journey, Amen. He changes you from glory to glory. It's not fake. It's not about how spiritual you are and how many people you pray for and how many you can run from. You can run from thing to thing and think you're anointed and it'd be nothing but you trying to feel okay about yourself. You found somewhere you think you can fit in. That's not the real deal. The real deal is day-to-day life being changed by God and showing that and loving people and revealing him day-to-day life. Amen? How many know most of the church needs to get in the real, real walk? One who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments as a liar and truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God is truly made perfect. We know that we are in him by this. Whoever claims to abide in him must walk as he walked. Now, this is kind of interesting because... His love is made perfect. It means it's not perfect. His love is perfect, but his love in us is a process. Amen? And, and you know, we could get rid of so many divorces and all these kind of things uh, with, among Christians if they would recognize this is a process. And if you're having an issue, then it's time to ask God, what do you want to change in me? See, Adam's big problem was pointing, when the fall came, when man lost their fellowship with God, the first thing Adam did was blamed Eve. And the first thing Eve did is blame the serpent. So quit blaming anybody. Just say, God, what in me set me up to, to do that? What in me caused me to think that about them? What in me caused me to be hurt about this? Help me, God. Help me get free from bitterness. Help me get free from whatever the enemy has done in my life to hurt me. Amen. Help me get free. Quit trying to justify the stuff you did that wasn't from God's spirit. Amen. Just say you're sorry. Amen. Just, just say, you know, I'm, and we all need to let, we all need to love each other. Like the word Karen had the warning. It's okay. We're human. We're messed up. Amen. Amen. But if we're born again, all of a sudden now we're humans with God inside of us. And the more we fellowship with the God inside of us, the more we're going to be like him. That's what it says. That's how we know we love him. That's how we know what we have is real. He's changing us. Amen. And people who are around you without you telling them will know it. 
And don't let people go back to the past when you were whatever, judgmental or when you were hypocritical or when you were mean or whatever, because you know, okay, you're right. Satan had that stuff in me, but it's over now. Amen. And you know what? It doesn't come back. It doesn't come back because it was never supposed to be there. Amen. And he's the only one who can do that. He's the only one who can do that. And, and whether you like it or not, as we've been going through these crazy year and into this next crazy year, that fire is burning people. God is doing a big work quick because he is, he is going to bring forth a church, a bride who is perfected in love. Amen. And so all this antagonistic stuff has got to go. You know, if you speak something that some, you know someone's not going to want to hear, you need to have a prophetic call from God to do it, to wake them up and shake them up. That's the only reason. You should not be doing it, whether it's a post or anything else. Hello. You should not be doing it because, well, I'm mad. Don't ever do anything in anger. Don't punish in anger. Parents, don't, don't try to discipline your children when you're angry. Everything we do as believers, everything Jesus did, even when Jesus said to, to all the leaders in the church, you know, uh, he was, he really let them have it. You know, he let them have it. He told them they were liars like their father. He called, but he did not do it in anger, people. He did it so they would wake up. He did it so they would wake up. The only time we should ever be speaking anything that you know someone doesn't want to hear is because God's love compels us to do it so they'll wake up. Amen? So two people could be saying the same thing or posting the same, and one's coming from the wrong spirit. You know, when, when the disciples all wanted to go and do something, and Jesus goes, you don't know what spirit you're from. Amen? Which means you can be operating from, there's actually three spirits you can operate from. If you're born again, you can operate from the Holy Spirit. And as we mature and that love is perfected, you're going to see that more. Amen. Then you can operate from the human spirit, which is where your soul is making decisions, doing this, doing that. But your human spirit is always, always being enticed by the enemy so that a lot of what you're doing is the enemy spirit leading you. But Holy Spirit is always drawing people to him. So that's the battle. Are you going to take your human spirit and connect it to evil spirit? Or are you going to take your human spirit and say yes to God's spirit? And then when you say yes to God's spirit, which is being born again, and he actually comes in you, then you actually have a relationship with God that Jesus paid for, went to hell for, to be quite honest, to set us free. You know, when I was a child, I used to think, well, what's the big deal about you going on the cross and going to hell? You're God. You must want it to do it. You could probably make it not hurt. I know none of you thought like that, but that was the kind of thinker I was. And then as I grew up and really started to understand him, no, no, he didn't want to do it. Because of the pain, because of the disgrace, because of being separated from his father, it was the only way. Why is it the only way? Why couldn't he have done something else? Because he gave all authority to mankind, to humans, and said, you're my sons, you're my daughters. Here, you have authority over everything. Just don't eat of that tree, which gives Satan authority. And, and they couldn't stand not doing that. They were enticed and they gave into it. 
And then, anyway, then all the covenants, all the Old Testament, all the fighting, all the mess you see in Bible happen. But Jesus had to come as a human being, for real, to prove what his father told Adam to do could be done. And he lived it because he took back authority for mankind because Satan had no right, <laughs> no right to kill him. He had no right to give him a premature death. He had no right to take him to hell. And when Jesus got there, it was like, surprise, you don't have a right. You don't have a right for this. I'm just going to say, I believe those three days in the grave were not horrible days for him. I believe he tasted of hell when he was separated from the father on the cross. He said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? And then he says, into your hands. And then he says, it is finished. In other words, that payment, I believe, was done there. The whole world turned black. There was, nobody could see him. It was so horrible. That's when the father turned away. But right after that, he said, he said um, into your hands, I commend my spirit. So that meant his spirit was now going to the father. And he did go to the grave, but he didn't see decay. That's what the Bible says. So what did he do? Man, he got down there, and I believe he got down there in his glorified body. He went right into hell, and he took back those keys. And the Bible says he had this big parade. And he said, you guys lost. You had no right to bring me here. You had no right to do this. I got here to let you know you lost. To let you know you lost. I can't wait to see the videos of that when we get to heaven. Amen? Amen? I'm going I'm to sit in front row with Lauren beside me. Say, let's see when the devil lost, when he was fooled. I think he's being fooled again in the U.S. right now, but we won't talk about that. And it depends on what the church does. God is perfecting us, you guys. You yield to him. Quit hardening your heart. Don't get your conscience seared where when you know he's trying to deal with you, you say no. He'll not stop. He'll continue to intercede as long as you don't deny him and tell him to leave you and blaspheme him. He's never going to give up on you. He'll never give up on you. Do you think someone who died for you, went to hell for you, went to the grave for you, is going to give up on you? He said he'd leave 99 to go find you. Loved ones, I'm not writing a new commandment for you, but an old commandment. 1 John 2, 7. One you had from the very beginning. This old commandment is the word you have heard. Yet I'm writing, now I'm writing a new commandment for you, which is true in Christ and in you, because the darkness is fading and the true light is already shining. The one who says he is, the, he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. The reason the enemy wants us to right now be coming against that church or this other church or even in the natural, this brother or this sister, Satan knows I have to get them to hate one another. If, if they start to love one another, there's going to be a revival that no one can stop. There's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that nothing can stop. It's going to bring an end time harvest of souls. It's going to change the world. It's going to change the world. So Satan's going to do everything he can to make you hate. The one who says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. The one who loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. Wow. It must be pretty hard to love your brother. And I'm talking about brothers and sisters in the Lord, human beings. But 
some of you and your families. But he says, when you can get to a place to love your brother, there's nothing left that the enemy can do to trip you up. You know, Satan's not stupid. He's read this word, people. He hung out with the word for we don't even know how many thousands and thousands of years. So he knows if I can get them to hate one another. And if you're watching what's going on at all in the church right now, and this one's saying this and this one's saying this and all this finger pointing and all this stuff is going on. Satan is having a great time right now trying to stop an outpouring of God's spirit by causing us to judge and hate our brothers and sisters. I don't know how he did it, but in 2020, God gave me a love for the brothers in the church like I've never had before. I was critical and judgmental against most churches and leaderships and all that kind of stuff because seriously, I could see where they weren't walking in that perfect love. But in my seeing where they weren't walking in that perfect love, I wasn't walking in that perfect love. Amen? And then the Lord began to really show me. I don't know how he did it. I think, I, I think in 2020 when churches were closed and people had to make hard decisions and you had to see how are we going to do something. I didn't get up on this high place and act all hyper spiritual. It's like, Lord, how do we really do this? How do we do this? Uh, you know, what do we do? And in that I began to realize, wow, everybody has to make these decisions. And everyone who really loves God is seeking him right now. And everybody wants to be open for Easter. And everybody wants to do this. And the whole church here came together and the team came together together and we had parking lot remember last year we had a parking lot service which is they were kind of fun but you can't you guys can't enter and have as much fun so we like being inside amen that's kind of nice telling the whole neighborhood about it till the church down the street was louder than us but anyhow <laughs> so we better get out of here for the police come <laughs> whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness he doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has made his eyes blind so we need to say, Lord, heal us of hating our brothers. Heal us of pointing at that church or this church or that believer or this believer. God, I don't want to be blind. How many don't want to be blind? How many do not want to be blind? Lord, I want to see like you see. I want to love like you love. So Satan is trying to bring a lot of the churches in blindness right now. A lot. That's why there's so much division and fighting and pointing and some are in service. I'm not even been in church in a year and some are this and that and the ones who haven't are well, you know, you're, you don't love the people. You're not protecting them. And the other ones are, well, you don't have any faith and everybody's fighting. And it's exactly what Satan wants because he knows God's word. He knows if he can do this, then he can make us blind. I don't want to be blind. I want to see what's really going on and how it's going on. I'm not going to follow one favorite Preacher, because they say what I want to hear and then another. I want to hear what everybody's saying. Amen. And I want to see what everybody's doing. I, I really believe some of the things our church went through in the last couple of weeks is because some people were really blind and, you know, on their high horse and nothing could happen to us and this and that. You know what I mean? And I, I thank God for the blood that kept this inside this building safe. Amen. But I pray and I believe that God is going to bring forth a maturity for those who thought nothing can happen to them with pretended faith or disobedience and almost caused a major mess. Amen. Boy, y'all talk about messing up a really fun week. We get say, oh, but how many know God doesn't stop changing us. Amen. He doesn't stop. He doesn't go, oh, they've been looking forward to this guest speaker so long and they've done everything to try to make it right and try to keep everything where everybody's happy and look at all they're doing and what they're doing. You have no idea if you don't work here 
If you're not on staff, you have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. We make it look so easy for one reason. Because we love God and we're led by the Holy Spirit. And when we get out of that a little, we all slap each other upside the head and say, okay. <laughs> oh, no, we pray, God, would you help them? They're, they're probably praying for me all the time. I'm probably the most prayed for by staff. And it works, amen? And God's getting me get tyrant out of my heart and all these things so the enemy can't set up a, a plot. How big is God? How awesome is God? The only thing missing is us saying yes to him, amen? We just have to say yes and walk with him. He's amazing. I am writing to you children. Now, I want you to hear this because this is kind of interesting in 1 John. He talks to everyone. It's not about your age. It's about where you are spiritually. Now, there's one scripture that's not in here, and it's infants. And infants are true born-again believers, but they're tossed every which way. They just haven't settled down to go after God. They haven't decided to really, really find out what this is about. But Christ came in. Somewhere in their life, they asked him and he came in. And they're tossed. They look like the world. And then they're, but they're never, they're never as satisfied with sin as the world is. See, sinners like to sin, people. They don't even feel bad about it until Holy Spirit starts going after them. And somebody's praying for them. And then Holy Spirit's like, come on, come on in. Amen. And the world we live in now, they're trying to make sin look like normal life. That's that new normal they want. Amen. I mean, they want the perversions. They want it all to seem normal. But those who know God, we, he doesn't change. We don't change. We actually become more holy, not less holy. Holy is getting the evil out. It's not something you do with your mind. It's something God does by his spirit. Amen. And, and that word he gave this morning was just so awesome. If, it was like God's just saying what him and I talked about last night. And this is, he's so good. He's like, he's, he, he's just, when we desire to be holy only because he is holy, not to be self-righteous. God, I, I only want to be what you want me to be. I know what you have for me is awesome. If you've ever gotten through some of the rough spots and started letting him change your heart, it's so freeing. It's so freeing. Actually, when we do communion in a few minutes, I'm going to have Talia sing freedom. It's so freeing. If you've never tasted, you have no idea. So he's writing to the children. So these are young people in the Lord. People haven't walked very deep in the things of God. He doesn't use a denomination name there like we would. Amen. Because he doesn't see us separate like that. I'm writing to you children because your sins have been forgiven on account of the name of Jesus. I'm writing to you fathers. That's more mature in the Lord. Because you have known the one who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you young men. That's the ones, whatever your age is, where you're starting to learn spiritual warfare. You're getting excited about different teachings. You like conferences. You love the worship. You're just getting excited about God. You're the young men because you have overcome the evil one. That's where you're at if you're a young man. You're, guess what? To overcome the evil one, some evil is going to come your way. Amen? So some of you are like, oh, I don't know how that happened. Well, you just got away from being a child into a young man finally. Praise God. And there's no male or female in the spirit. Amen? And the fathers just walk with God. The fathers, we've gone through childhood. We've gone through uh, young manhood. We know how to, we're not afraid. You know, we, something happens, you just take it. You, the Holy Spirit takes over and you just handle it. Amen. And it doesn't mean the devil doesn't try to push back because he sure does. But I mean, Karen and I have been in some adventures. Oh my gosh. I just love it. God would take a, a little 
whatever. I'm not really a housewife because I'm really not a good cook and I really don't like cleaning that much. But whatever I am, I enjoy life. Amen. The beach bomb, whatever. And then God would just take you and put you in situations that are impossible. I mean, in war zones where Sarah A gets you out in the hugest typhoon recorded in history. And there's Karen and I again. Like, what are we going to do this time? You're like, well, you know, that's how we became young men. That's how we became fathers instead of just young men. Melanoma, cancer, gone, boom, like that. Praise God. Amen? Hey, God doesn't change. He doesn't, he doesn't bring the evil. Amen? The evil one brings the evil, and the young man anointing that he's bringing you to will have you overcome it. Okay, get it right. You live in the evil world, so it's coming. Amen? She just prophesied evil. I don't have to prophesy. Jesus himself says, I can promise you this. You'll have trouble tomorrow. Okay? He says it. All right? Because we got to get out of pretended faith. So bad stuff happens. Can I get an amen? amen? And to children, it knocks the tar out of them. And some of them walk away from God. And I'm talking about spiritually children. Infants, they don't know. They don't know. It's just how life is. They just go with whatever cultural thinking, even though they're born again. Young men, though, as they're getting the devil knocked out of them, they rise up and start to fight. Like, wait, where's that armor thing? How do you do this? How do you plead the blood? What do you do? Okay, they're young men. They're overcoming the evil one. They're really learning. Once you overcome the evil one, you're not afraid anymore. You know how to, you fear the Lord, and you ask for wisdom, and he gives you wisdom, and then you obey him, and you do what he says, exactly what he says. And then the evil one still tries to sneak in all the time. This thing doesn't go away. God's like, no, now you, then you got, Lord, I've got to learn to hear you. How do I do this? What do I do? See, God is preparing a people who are going to live forever with him. Amen. Amen. We're going to do all kinds of bad. Who knows what all he has? He's only given us, uh, we only understand like, uh, like what about 6,000 years of history, then another thousand years of the millennium. After that, we don't know, but we're here forever. Unlike those who don't accept him and don't want to go on this trip with him. And they're eternally in flames of fire forever in unbelievable torture and pain. Like no one's ever experienced. How much, no, how many know he's interceding? He's interceding. He doesn't want anybody to go there. That place was made for Satan and demons that rebelled in heaven. It was not made for human beings, but it is the place they have to go when they choose to follow Satan. Why? Because they can't come in the presence of God. Sin can't come in his presence. That's why when we go into the Father, we have to go in through Jesus. Why? Because in Jesus, our sins are covered. I can experience the presence of the Father because my sins are covered by the blood of Jesus and I'm in Christ. Every, anything you see about hanging out with the Father, you're in Christ. Because the Father is so pure and holy. He does not even have five seconds for sin. Lucifer didn't have a long battle. He was out. I have written to you children because you have known the Father. I have written to you fathers. And then he says that, so when you're a child in God, you get to know the heavenly father as a protector, as someone you can call Abba, as someone you can sit on his lap, as someone you can start to trust. That's all part, that's all part in childhood. 
Because if you don't get that, you'll never overcome the evil one. If you don't know how good the father is, if you don't know how much you can trust him, if you had good natural fathers, you ought to be so thankful. I had a good natural father. I know that God's going to protect me. I know that God's going to take care of me. I had a dad even now. And he's, he's getting older now. He's having some issues. But I could call him and say, Dad, my car's stuck on such and such a road. He'd either be there or have a tow truck there in no time. I've never had to go to him with financial problems. But I guarantee you if I really did, he'd help me out. I just have a dad. And he wasn't a strong Christian. I would call him a child or probably a child now, but an infant before this. But he really showed unconditional love. Even now to his wife, who's, who's uh, really about an invalid. And he won't put her in a nursing home. He wants to take care of her, which is hurting him. So we're praying for him. But he, he doesn't give up on people. He really, he loves life. He loves fun stuff. He loves, he's, he just, we were talking about him last night. He's just so, just a really different kind of person as far as love. But he cares about people more than anything. You talk about somebody being crushed when Lauren died. It just crushed him. I know they all got saved at her funeral. Lauren, a week before she died, she said, Mommy, what's it going to be like when I go to heaven? I said, just like that, you'll be in the arms of the Lord. I didn't know I was prophesying. And then she said, Mommy, if Papa and Nana and Mama and Papa don't get saved. If they don't go to heaven, I won't be able to stand it. She's seven years old and weeping because she knew her grandparents did not live a life knowing Jesus Christ. And they all got saved at the funeral. How faithful is God? Was that his way to save them? No, his way to save them was at the cross. But his way for us to overcome evil because I was a child then. I was learning to overcome. Was to open my heart and see what his word said. And enter into his presence. And, and have the Holy Spirit speak to me. And then get up and share at the funeral. To where everybody was weeping. But accepted the Lord. That's how real God is. What was meant for evil. God will turn it to good. He doesn't cause evil. He's not evil. Evil is evil. Evil will do evil. Never call God evil or you'll never have anyone who wants your God. Satan is real. Whether you like it or not, just go look at the news. But Jesus overcame him as a man. Sent his Holy Spirit in us knowing there's not a person in this room who cannot overcome the enemy. Not a person. And then when you mess up and you miss that, like I did with Lauren, I'll just be honest. God didn't miss it. I missed it. I won't get the whole thing. I know where you can go look at the teaching. But here's the thing. Even when you miss it and you repent, he turns it for good. He turns it for good. And then people get confused and think God did it. God didn't do it. How did he turn it for good? He turned it for good because I'm preaching to you. He turned it to good because we have an orphanage in India where we help take care of 45 kids. We preached to over two or 300 pastors who are going to be watching this. I just got asked, they said, hey, since you can't come, can we do a conference on Zoom? I said, yeah, as soon as Nicole shows me what Zoom is and tells me how to do it. I've been putting that off for a good year. 
Amen. And, and it's like in, in other places. Amen. God is good. I didn't make up this adventure. But every time that Satan attacks us in our childhood as a Christian. It's an opportunity to become. A, to become a young man in the things of God. I'm not, that's what I did. I said, Lord, I'm never letting the enemy do this again. Teach me your ways. See, when, when Lauren died, I didn't know all this because I hadn't studied scriptures this much, this much. But I rose up and I said, okay, God, I don't care about anything else. Now teach me. Holy Spirit, teach me your ways. I want to understand you. I want to know how this works. I want to get in this thing for real. And I give you everything. Anybody knows me will say, she did. Not that I hadn't still had to be perfected. Amen. But there's that, that, there's that giving him everything. Then it's like a whole new world, people. It's his kingdom. It's for real. I have seriously seen four or five people raised from the dead. Maybe, I think, six. And I haven't even got started yet. That was as a child or as a young man in the things of God. Amen? God is calling you to wake up and know this is real. You're not just going to stumble hopefully into heaven one day and go, what happened? He wants us to walk with him. You need to let him get all those other things, your idols, out of the way. He goes on, he says, I've written to you fathers, that's the mature ones, because you have known the one who is from the beginning. That known is to deeply know him. You're a father in the things of God, not by being a male person who has children. There's no male or female in the scriptures, amen? He actually says that men are part of the bride of Christ. So we're actually sons. How cool is God? That's why Satan likes to get all that confused these days. He says, I've written to you young men because you are strong. So I want to prophesy this over most of you. Most of you are entering into that place in this church to be a young man. Like, okay, we're going to really fight the enemy. We're going to overcome. We're going to win. We're not just going to sit around, kind of play in church or dependent on somebody else's faith. We're going to do this thing. And he says, I've written to you young men because you are strong. The word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Amen. You need to write some of these down. You need to begin to pray these over you and believe these over you. Now he goes on to tell you how to really walk this out. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. The world does not mean the beach, the mountains, fishing, hunting, um, even shopping. It means, or even sports, it means the things of this world that are your idols, this thing of the world, all evil things, amen? All evil things, all lies in culture, everything that comes against God. Do not love the things of this world that God has no hand in. Remember, God created the heavens and the earth, amen? He, he, he didn't create the earth for the people who wouldn't want him. He created it for us. And if we understand what a good creator he is, and we actually, the truth is, if you actually help your children know that God's the creator and you enjoy the creation, he actually says he keeps them from a reprobate mind. 
So no wonder the devil wants everybody in front of computers and in concrete and watching garbage and gaming and anything else. Satan wants to keep you from being outside. Now, whether you like it or not, in the great 2020 world gone crazy, they found the safest place was to be outside. They found out that you needed vitamin D from the sun. Maybe God was trying to get everybody, even though he didn't do the evil, he turns it to good. How cool is God? And he says, get your face out of that TV, out of that one thing. What you, okay, they won't. Okay, get rid of all Hollywood. No, okay, Hollywood. No new shows on. Up, oh, sports over. What are you watching on your TV? How much fun was that election news? Woohoo! Amen? Get outside and enjoy me. Get a bike, get a tent, get a camper, and recognize the Creator is going to shake up everything that can be shaken. I want you to see something, even in the midst of the evil. God's doing something big. Get with your own families then. I remember when it first all hit and our son was concerned for us because he thinks John and I are old. <laughs> I said, yo, Tula, I can't come visit. I said, I don't care. You can come live here. We're, gonna, we're family. We're going we're gonna to go through this together. We're gonna, we actually saw more of him. There was no way I'm saying my child is not going to be in my house while the world's going through this. Amen? And, and guess what? That's what God said about the church. There's no way my family, my children are not going to be in my house. For everything in the world, that, okay, here is what the world is. So it's going to tell you, all right? Everything in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of your eyes, and the boasting of life. Now I had to ask God to get the boasting of life out of me when I read this last night. I didn't realize I still kind of had that. It's been bugging me a little. Everybody, she tells everything. I do. I don't care. I like getting free. But I would talk with people and say, okay, Lord, why was I boasting about that? Why did I boast about that? I don't even think about this stuff normally. And then last night when I was reading this and the Holy Spirit was talking to me, the Lord was hanging out with me. Here's how it works. Just see, how does God talk to you? Well, he talks to me pretty good at right where I hear him, but just... For everyone, how he talks. For everything in the world. So you'd read this, the desire of flesh. And that hits you like, ooh, what does that mean? That means you smoke cigarettes. You do what makes your flesh feel good. You overeat. You, you do whatever, whatever your flesh wants. Your flesh has gotten in charge. Gaming, any of that kind of stuff. Anything that your flesh gets addicted to. Amen? That's of the world. The desires of the eyes. That's like wanting what somebody else has. Gosh, I wish I had that. If I just had that. Boy, if I just had this. And if you go study the temptations of Christ, these were the three things he was tempted in. And then the boasting of life. Look who I am. Look what I got. Look how much money I have. Look how good we are. Look how big we are. Look how, okay. And so when you hear that in your own life, it's a time to go talk with God. And we said, even on Resurrection Sunday, she's doing this. Amen. You cannot read his word without him changing your heart. It's so nice to be free. None of that is from the Father. It's all from the world. The world is passing away along with its desires. But the one who does the will of God will live forever. 
Children, it is the last hour. I believe this is a now message. Just as you heard that the anti-Messiah is coming, even now many anti-Messiahs have come. By this we know that it's the last hour. They left us. They didn't belong to us. If they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But they left us, so it became clear that none of them belonged to us. We're going to see a great falling away of people who are not born again. We're also going to see a big harvest of people who want Christ, who are going to come in. But God's going to wean out those who were never... See, there are people who hang out with, with churches and Christians who will never ask Christ in their heart. They never wanted a change. They, I don't, they just wanted somewhere where they could come and hang out or I don't know. Not here too often, not for long. That's not fun there. If you're not saved there, it's no fun. Um, it says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you can know all things. I have not written you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it. And there's no lie, because no lie is in the truth. And we're going to, well, who is the liar? It's one who denies that Jesus or Yeshua is the Messiah. This one is anti-Messiah, the one who denies the Father and the Son. So, if they're okay about saying God, but not about saying Jesus... It's an anti-Christ or anti-Messiah spirit. Okay, it's just, it's that simple. Well, there's many gods. There's many ways to God. <gasps> That's an anti-Messiah spirit. Amen? I want you to get this. Sometimes when we hear it as Messiah, I think it makes a little more, it clicks a little better because we hear Christ so much. Messiah meant we needed somebody to come and save us. That without him, there was no way to heaven. There was no way to the Father. Okay. So anything that's against the understanding that someone we know as Jesus, a Messiah, had to come. There's no other way. There's no other hope for the world. Anything against that thinking is antichrist or anti-Messiah, okay? So when you hear the pushback against Christians, like, okay, you know, but they believe that, you know, God, you know, the God of the Bible is the only God. Yep, yep. Well, they believe what it says is true. We're supposed to. Yep. We don't think he's confused. Amen. When they start attacking science with fake science and people buy it, that's just amazing. Um, you, you can really go study most of this. Or when, when you close down anyone speaking truth, even based on science, and they're closed down. We know that there's an anti-Messiah spirit. God's totally cool with the creation. He made it. He knows exactly how it works. And he's got people discovering that. No one who denies the son has the father. And the one who acknowledges the son also has the father. As you know, let what you've heard from the beginning remain in you. If what you've heard from the beginning remains in you, you will continue to live in the son and in the father. Now this is the promise. We'll end with this. That he himself has promised us eternal life he would only tell us that if he knows there's going to be a real push to make you not believe what you first learned about the word the enemy wants to take our bibles the enemy wants to get certain parts out of our bibles the enemy wants to do away a hundred percent with that jesus christ is the only way to heaven amen don't buy anything don't deny christ 
and don't buy into that, but begin to pray. We need to pray for our children. We need to pray for this nation. We need to pray that in this hour, this whole year that we've had to come together as families, that we've been able to bring light and bring some um, understanding of God and his word to our families. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray. Lord, I know the thing that you would celebrate the most today is if anyone hearing this on the internet, anyone in this room hearing this and just getting a desire to know you more, a desire to say yes to you, a desire to let you soften our hearts, then Lord, you would, you would be shouting, celebrating. All heaven would be having a party because what you paid for was for us to get to know you and to be with you forever. So Lord, we just thank you for salvation. Lord, I just ask now by your spirit, if there's anyone here who's heard this message, here on the internet, wherever, and they've never really, really said, okay, I want to be on that journey. I don't want to be the infant just tossed around anymore, saved at an early age. But Lord, I want to be that child. I want that childhood in you. I want to get to know the Father. I want to understand your ways. I want to get excited about you. For those who there, your heart is, no, I want to be that young man. I'm not going to run away from from um, fighting the enemy anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe your word more than ever. Lord, I'm going to get to a place of overcoming, to having such faith in you, God, such faith in your word and, and obedience to you. And then for those who are like, Lord, I want to be that father. I want to get to such a place to just know you, to walk with you, to overcome these things. So, Father, I thank you this Resurrection Sunday that we're coming before you and we're asking you to put us on that journey or keep us on that journey or take us further in you on that journey. And everyone in agreement say amen. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.